Hello, you're listening to the Leeds Sanctuary podcast. Leeds Sanctuary is a network of communities in Leeds City Centre, each beginning with encounter and aiming to embody sanctuary and justice. Through which individuals and our city can flourish. We hope you enjoy it. Hello, welcome to the Leeds Sanctuary podcast. I'm Emily and I'm the host of the Sanctuary Stream. Sanctuary is one of our core values at Leeds Sanctuary and today I'm I'm joined by my colleague David. Um, David is our Missional Communities Enabler. So David, can you tell us a bit more about you? Thanks Emily. Whenever I hear my job title, I sort of hope one day someone will tell me what it means. (laughs) Um, I'm a Methodist minister. I've been uh, a Methodist minister for the last 13 and a bit years and I've served in local churches but since coming to Leeds, I've served as uh, the Methodist minister here in Leeds City Centre, which is a bit of a different role. So I work to help develop our network of communities, and in particular, those communities that reflect uh, spirituality and Christian discipleship. In the other half of my week, uh, I also serve the whole of the Yorkshire West Methodist District, where I help local churches to be more intentional about their mission and their discipleship and how they can work in a way that spreads that into the local communities and helps more people to discover God's love. That's great. So I guess that sounds that sounds like you're sort of facilitating and curating communities that are quite individual to the different groups of people that will be in different parts of the district across West Yorkshire. Indeed, I think both here in the city and across the district, everything has a context. Um, somebody once said uh, a, a text without a context is a con. Uh, and, and I think that's true of of all of life, that actually we need to be able to relate to our local context. So how are faithful Christian communities in places like Malham or Grassington uh, relate to their local communities is completely different to how we work here in the city centre, because we need to understand where we are in order to build those communities built on God's love. Yeah, that's so great. And that speaks to how personal our individual faiths are as well, doesn't it? In that the way that one of us might express our faith and choose to pursue that relationship will be very different to another person. Absolutely. And I think everyone has to explore what faith is for themselves and has to come to their own understanding. And and along the way that evolves and that changes, but also along the way we have to make particular decisions about what we believe or what we don't believe. And actually, I think one of the joy of Leech Sanctuary is that we're not here to tell anyone what to believe, but we're helping helping people through our communities and through the spaces we curate to discover what their understanding of faith and spirituality is. Mm, Yeah, yeah, fantastic. So we're going to chat about busyness uh, today, which is born out of my reflections on Advent, um, which for most of us is a very, very busy season. We then usually have a bit of a pause and a rest over Christmas, but then returning to work, it really hit me two weeks ago how much there was to prepare for the next couple of months. Um, and it was the first time I'd really considered that in terms of work, I'd actually lost two weeks of time <laughs> while I was resting over Christmas. So, yeah. So what was this Advent season like for you? I, I love Advent. And, and one of the things that I, I get really frustrated about is that Advent gets lost because people want to rush into Christmas. Um, and then they forget that Christmas also lasts certainly till the 6th of January to the Epiphany, uh, where traditionally we remember the kings arriving to visit uh, the toddler Jesus. Um, and for some people through to Candlemas to the beginning of February and, and the presentation of Jesus in the temple. 
and I think what people do is they take Christmas and they put it into December and we miss Advent. So I try and keep true to Advent. I keep that as a time of preparing for that great celebration of Christmas. But I think Advent, much more so than Lent, is harder to do that because we get caught up in all the preparations that need to happen, school nativity plays, shopping, uh, trying to visit people. So for me this year, it was a mixture, really. There were bits early on where I managed to really reflect on what it meant to prepare for the birth of Jesus. And then if I'm honest, towards the end, it, it got really busy again. But we also had a bit of a funny story this Advent in our house um, because home base produced a big nativity <laughs> that you could inflate uh, for your garden and, and about halfway through advent in the middle of december they reduced it to half price and lots of my methodist minister colleagues saw this opportunity to get it for their garden or to use in their christmas day services but in our house uh, in conversation it became quite clear that other members of my household did not think this was a good <laughs> thing to spend 45 pounds on but Actually, Advent can prepare you for January because I got a text from my wife uh, the first few days into January, which just had the link to the home base website and they'd reduced it again by another 20 quid. So I took this as permission to go and buy the last one in the uh, Moortown home base. So I took my little boy and when we got there, it couldn't be found. Um, so we asked a member of staff and they said, oh, we've put it away for next Christmas, but it's OK. We'll get the forklift truck out and get it for you. But we can't do that till Monday. So on the Monday, we went back and they'd done exactly what they asked. They would prepared for us coming and they got the forklift out. They would got the box out and we've got the nativity. So next year, I'm so excited that our garden will have an inflatable nativity in it. That's so great. <laughs> Fantastic. So yes, yeah, so I think you um, really reflected how I felt about Advent as well. So as we went through Advent in our house, I felt like I was really holding this tension of preparing for Christmas Day itself, but also carving out time to enjoy the season. So as well as my usual routine, which is quite hectic, as you know, because we've, we've got four children, you know, you're also adding these additional things in that feel like pressure in terms of all the Christmas plays and shows that you want to go and see, for example. But actually those are opportunities to enjoy the season and be present in the moment of Christmas um, as it's building. And I kept thinking about Mary and Martha um, and that passage in Luke 10, um, which I'll read now. So um, from, from verse 38, as Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. And my reflection through that lens of Advent was perhaps that we all have these moments of being Mary and all have these moments of being Martha. But I think that culturally there is also this argument that actually we need to be Martha <laughs> um, in order to enjoy Christmas Day and even perhaps Advent and the, those, those days afterwards. 
Do you think that is a fair reflection or is there a better balance to be sought? I think it's hard, isn't it? Balance. I wonder what we mean by balance, really. And and I think this passage has lots of different readings to it. And actually, I think we have to remember that, that here were two women hosting a man. Here were two women who wouldn't normally have been allowed to sit at the feet of Jesus. Um, are, are in fact many rabbis. But they, they welcomed him into their home. And we know that Jesus visited Mary and Martha at other times. Um, and, and I think what we miss here is that, that actually Martha was doing, in her mind, just the right thing. Actually, Martha was probably really disgruntled at Mary, who wasn't preparing the home, who wasn't making the meal, who wasn't being the hospitable host that Martha felt they should be. And actually, Mary here is doing something really quite radical. She's sitting at the feet of a man. She's not doing the hospitality and she's wanting to learn. And I think when I read this passage, actually, the question for me is what's radical? What's the radical thing to do? Because actually, I think both for me, both Mary and Martha were both being radical in, yeah. in hosting Jesus. And, and I think I think Martha gets the rough end of the stick in this story and an easy <laughs> reading of it. So I want to hold them both up as being radical. And then I think I want to ask what's radical for us in those seasons of preparation yeah. and actually in the rest of our lives that actually enables us to find a balance um, so I think it is about balance, but actually for me, it's what's the radical balance? What's the thing we can do that is radical in our own in our own lives? So actually, that might be that actually we do sit and listen, but actually the radical thing might be to be busy and encounter the stranger by inviting them in. So I'd want to say, I don't think it's one or the other, but it's what's radical. Yeah. And for different people, that might be busyness or stillness. For the busy person, the radical thing might be to stop and go for a walk and be mindful of their surroundings. For the person who is more contemplative, more still, it, it might be to do something that make, takes them into their busyness. I think that's so good because I had this discussion, having planned this podcast last week, I then um, discussed it with some of my friends who were also mums. And that was the question was actually, what do you need more of this year? Do you need more presence or do you need more action? Um, and I wonder if, because I know, for example, that I need more presence and less action, less busyness, that's why this story speaks so much to me of, oh my gosh, he's admonished Martha. <laughs> there should be more sitting at the feet of Jesus. But actually, I know some of my friends were reading that and going, oh, my gosh, look at Mary. Like, she's not <laughs> she's not doing enough stuff. So I think that's really interesting that the way you've summarised that is so already speaks to some of the conversations I've had great. around it. That's so great. So do you have any particular tips then for people holding that balance coming into the new year? I think my, my biggest tip in, in all our rhythms is that a change is as good as a rest. And, you know, we're recording in January in this season of, of New Year's resolutions. And, and I think we all know that New Year's resolutions don't last. And I think that's OK, because I think if we're trying to set something for as long as 365 days, actually, that's not going to be helpful to us. So I think I'd want to invite people to say, what's going to help you for the next season? And actually, that's why the rhythm of the Christian year is so helpful to us, because we get Advent, our season of preparation, before we get to Christmas. And then we get Lent, our season of preparation, before we get 
to Easter. Mm. Uh, and then we have what we call ordinary times, just when we, we get on with things. So I think I'd invite people to think what's going to be helpful to them for this next season, whether that be a week, a month, the period from of Lent up to Easter. And what might you do? What one or two things might you do in there that, that are the radical thing to your normal rhythm? So actually... What might it be if you're someone who cracks on with your emails early in the morning to say, actually, before I do that, I'll just be still for 10 minutes. Mm. If you're someone who actually puts off your emails till the end of the day, what might it be to say, I'll get on top of those early in the morning because actually at the end of the day, I've got a bit more space. So I think do things for a season and try something different uh, and see what that brings you in terms of your well-being, your engagement with God, uh, your rhythm of life. Yeah, that's so good. Brilliant. So thinking back to our work, the work that we're doing um, at Leeds Sanctuary, we're preparing for some upcoming events and communities over the next few months. Um, And we've also started to look ahead to Lent. Um, So there's a tradition in the church of giving something up during during Lent. Could you tell us a bit more about that? So Lent Lent is the period uh, of 40 something days between uh, Ash Wednesday and Easter Sunday. And I say 40 something because it mirrors Jesus's 40 days in the wilderness. But in the Christian tradition, we don't count the Sundays. Um, So the interesting thing is, if you want to give something up, you can have a feast day on a Sunday. So if you've given chocolate up on a Sunday, you're good to eat chocolate. Although if you're anything like me, I actually can't have a feast day every week because it just tempts me back uh, too much. So 40 days and, and 40 days when Christians are invited to reflect on where they are on their journey with God. How are they doing? How are they uh, feeling about their rhythms of prayer, their rhythms of service, their rhythms of giving? And and actually, the, the tradition is that in order to be able to have those periods of reflection, to make space to reflect on those different aspects of our Christian discipleship, we give something up. We give something up in order to um to have that space to reflect. So my challenge always to people is, well, if you're going to give something up, how are you going to use the space uh, it, it, it creates? If you're going to give chocolate up, but all you're going to do is eat custard creams, you're not creating any space. <laughs> if you're going to give alcohol up, but all you're going to do is go to the pub and drink Diet Coke, other favourite drinks available, um, then actually you're not creating any space. So I think it's not just about giving up, but it's taking on that space to reflect Um, And I'd encourage people to think about if they're going to give something up, how are they going to use the space that that creates to reflect on their spirituality, to reflect on their relationship with God, to reflect on their work or their life if they're not a person of faith. That's great. Will you be giving anything up? Oh, that's an interesting question. I honestly haven't got there yet. I honestly haven't got there yet. Um, one of my New Year's resolutions has been to uh, to get back to swimming a bit more because the swimming pool I swim in was closed before Christmas. Uh, and um, if I've stopped doing that by, by Lent, which is always a possibility, then maybe I'll be recommitting to swim and taking that space. Will I give you anything up? I'm not sure. We'll wait and see. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, So we'll be releasing some digital resources across Lent, which people can access in their own time. So listeners do keep an eye out for those as they become available on our social media feeds and on the website. Um, So before we finish, David, um, the last two podcasts, I've always asked the question, what advice would you have for somebody who perhaps has not practiced their faith for some time or has walked away from their faith 
or somebody who perhaps has a foot in and a foot out of their faith, what advice would you give them? I think I'd begin by saying, just get on with having a go again. I think um, when I was at school, and I guess for many of us, and we um, needed to revise for exams, it was always tempting to spend lots of time writing a revision timetable and not actually getting on with any revising. And I'm sure lots of our listeners will have done the same. I think when it comes to faith, it's really easy to think, oh, I need to get back to that. Oh, how should I do that? How might people feel if I walk through the doors again? Have a go. Take some time out to pray. Pick up the Bible and read a bit of the Gospels and remind yourselves who Jesus is. Try a new church. Try a different church. Try a place where you can explore. Come to one of our communities. But my tip would be give it a go and don't just keep thinking about it. Yes, that's lovely. Thank you so much for chatting with me this morning and thank you everyone for listening. Um, Please do let us know if you've enjoyed this podcast and share it with your loved ones. We're on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter at Atlee Sanctuary.